Jane Kiernan with the Space Foundation, and you are listening to the Space for You podcast. Space for You is designed to tell the stories of the amazing people who make today's space exploration possible. Today, we are joined by Danielle Dallas Rosa. Danielle is the granddaughter of Apollo 14 astronaut Stuart Rosa and the daughter of F-16 fighter pilot Jack Rosa. While studying communications at UMass Amherst, she interned at NASA HQ, MTV, and Premier PR in London. During Danielle's internship at NASA, she noticed a fundamental lack of interest in the Apollo program and STEM among her peers, and this was a seed that was planted. After graduating summa cum laude in 2014, she moved to Los Angeles to pursue acting and producing. In the last four years, she has written and produced several films that have won awards at film festivals nationwide and just starred in a highly anticipated sci-fi movie. Danielle created the Back to Space idea to bridge her passions for space and the entertainment industry. She is currently pitching the Back to Space TV show to all major networks with Christopher Cowan, executive producer of the Decade series on CNN, and Hema Washington, executive producer of The Amazing Race and late president of the Television Academy. Thank you so much for joining us today, Danielle. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We're super excited um, to have you today. And the first thing I really want to talk to you about today, uh, as we just mentioned, your grandfather was the command module pilot for the Apollo 14 mission, and your father was a fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. So sounds like aerospace and space is been huge in your family. So how did the careers of your father and grandfather inspire your actual interest in space? That's a great question. So I think um, growing up in the Apollo community, you don't really know that it's, I mean, you know, it's cool, but you don't know how rare it is. So Mm -hmm. as I got older, uh, you know, I was around NASA and the Apollo community, my pretty much my whole childhood. And then you know, my gra- my dad is a fighter pilot, so we moved all the time. And I just, as I got older, I recognized that this is a very interesting and unique thing. Um, and I think what my grandfather and my father both taught me, not verbally, but just through their actions and, and career choices, is that you can really shoot for the stars, if I do say so myself. <laughs> you, you, the bar is never too high. You can just shoot whatever dream you have. You can accomplish it. And I think that that my dad's when he was four, he decided he wanted to be a fighter pilot. So he worked his whole life to do that. And my grandfather wanted to be a pilot and he worked his whole life to do that. So any dream that you have, just work very hard and and you can do it. That's so awesome. And you kind of mentioned, um, you know, with your grandfather was kind of through his career taught you these things. Cause he actually passed away when you were quite young, um, from what I understand. So if you could ask him one thing about his time as an astronaut, what would you ask him? You know, I've been thinking about this question for a long time because I've been asked it before, and I never have the right answer. I've never said an answer, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's exactly right, because I think it would be (laughs) a bunch of different things. You know, my dad actually and I were talking the other day, and he was talking about the contingency plans that they had to train for. And Mm -hmm. my grandfather actually trained for going home alone. Like if the the other two got stranded on the moon, he did train to leave them behind and go home. Oh, wow. Or if something happened to them on the moon, you know, so I don't know. I think personally, I would really like to know what it felt like to be alone while 
the others were on the moon and just she's just, you know, orbiting the moon. Like, I would really like to know the emotional impact that would have because that's crazy. I mean, every war that's ever been fought, every single idea, conversation, thing that you've touched is left on Earth and you're just looking back at Earth. I mean, that has got to make a huge impact on you emotionally. So I would really want to, you know, he didn't really talk about emotions much from what I've been told, but I would want to know what that was like. Absolutely, because those uh, EVAs, those spacewalks that were done were not 30, 45 minutes. They would take hours to do. So I think that'd be a great question. I'd love to know, you know the answer to that as well. There's actually a beautiful documentary. I think you can actually find it on YouTube, and it's called Dark Side of the Moon, I believe. But it's basically about the emotional impact of all the astronauts coming back after going to space and what, what changed for them. And my grandfather is actually interviewed in it. And it's a real, all the Apollo guys are interviewed in it. And it was recorded forever ago. But it was, it's a very interesting documentary. And they all talk about a lot of the, them became really religious. And uh, others had, they're like, okay, well, that, I mean, what do you do after at 30 years old, you go to the moon? <laughs> like, wow. What, I mean, that's really hitting the bar really early in your life. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's what I would probably ask. Very cool. And so, you know, we've, you've got the father and the grandfather that are pilot and astronaut, and you chose to go into communications. That's where your background is. And yeah. that led you to several internships, including NASA. So two questions on this one, you know, getting an internship at NASA, for one, is a dream for so many. So for one, did you seek out that internship to NASA because of your background, um, but then can you also tell us a little about the experience and, you know, how can other people find out ways to become interns for NASA as well? Yeah, it's a really interesting process that happens. So I'm actually dyslexic, believe it or not, and my dad is an aeronautical engineer. My mom is a tax CPA. She has like three degrees in tax. My sister's a certified genius, and then I was dyslexic. <laughs> Like, oh, my God. So actually, it was pretty interesting because I didn't really think that a career in the space industry was even possible. I mean, I always thought about it. I'd be like, that's really cool. I would love to be an astronaut. I just didn't have the skill set to do that. And, you know, I was thinking about it. And in college, you know, you're just my mom was always very adamant about having internships. And so she, you know, my dad suggested NASA, and then I went through the whole process of it, you know, applying. And so when I got selected, it was a very extraordinarily life-changing moment for me because I was able to use my, my skill set, which was communications, and apply that towards something that I've grown up hearing about, which is the space industry. And the way that I did that, I was actually working on the Mars Curiosity rover at, in headquarters in D.C., and they were so kind to me where they let me, I mean, one day I was with the speech writer. The other day I was shadowing Charlie Bolden. The other day, I, my mentor, Bob Jacobs, who works at NASA, I mean, he would just bring me to every meeting and really let me experience all these different facets of communication. And what I found so interesting, and I mean, I really did try and and boil this down when I would talk to an engineer, and but it's very cool in headquarters because each floor is a different division of, of NASA. And I would be sitting across from the guy who worked on, you know, the asteroids and trying to land on an asteroid. He was in charge of that entire mission. And I'd say, okay, explain to me like I was a five-year-old what you guys were doing. And then with him explaining it that simply, I was able to go and write a press release that the American 
public could understand because not everybody is an engineer not and i think that that's something that i feel very passionate about is taking a very complicated issue and boiling it down so you don't feel like you need six different degrees to understand it mm-hmm. um, and i think that that was a life-changing experience and i felt so empowered because i and i felt closer to my grandfather than i think i ever had in my life before i felt very passionate about that and that really did change my life because obviously you need to have some sort of intelligence to work at nasa but if you're a cook guess what we're going to go to mars and they're going to need a ton of food to last them for the missions and that will be a viable career path in the future. So no matter what your skill set is, if you're passionate about space, you can find that career path and apply that towards space exploration. Absolutely. And I, I love talking to people like you who are not always, you know, the engineers and the astronauts because, like yourself, I'm a communicator. You know, my background is in marketing as my bachelor's and then communication and my master's. And, you know, the Space Foundation, we recently launched the Center for Innovation and Education, and we're talking about how there's jobs for everybody in space. And, you know, we need people like you who are bringing that entertainment piece of it in. And, you know, I don't know how many people have talked to engineers, but like you were saying, you took what an engineer was telling you and turned it into something that the American public could actually digest. And that is super important because if you talk to some engineers, they speak at such a high level. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, what did you just say? <laughs> I'm You're like, not that okay. smart. No, it's it's so true. It's so true. And it's and I think that it you know, for me personally, there was also a sense of shame to it because I mean my parents never made me feel like that, to be clear. But like my parents are so smart. My my lineage is like really impressive. Why am I dyslexic? Like why why can't I understand this? Why can't I and I, I was lucky enough to have parents that really accepted, you know, my skills that were different than, you know, w- what the rest of my family had. But they really did help foster that. But, yeah, and I've always said, I said this once in a speech, and I was like, that is the most corny thing to say. But it's true. There is a space for you in space. And mm-hmm. I said it and cracked myself up, and nobody laughed. And it was it stuck with me. But I think it's funny where it's like, you know, it, there is always an opportunity. And I think that this is very important, too. It's kind of like my grandfather. My grandfather was a very poor boy from Oklahoma. Like, he had no money at all. He was raised on a farm. And he just wanted to fly. So he mm-hmm. pursued that career path, and he was a test pilot, which led into being an astronaut. So sometimes what you plan on doing, that road of life kind of makes you go down different avenues, and you end up in places that you never thought you would be, which for him was in space. <laughs> which is so awesome because, you know, there is such a small amount of people who have actually been to space. And, you know, that is something that you're really trying to change. And we heard a little bit in your bio about how, you know, when you're doing this NASA internship that people were saying to you, well, is it NASA dead? You know, don't, they don't do anything anymore. And a lot of people had that perception, especially um, after the shuttle program ended. And so that really inspired you to create Back to Space. So can you tell us a little bit about Back to Space and, you know, what is your mission? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, when I was interning on the Mars Curiosity rover, a lot of people would, I would post on social media probably too much, to be honest, because I thought it was so cool. <laughs> people would be like, isn't NASA out of business? And I was like, oh, my God, it's a government agency, not a business, but okay. <laughs> and I think that that was just really eye-opening to me was to see the misconception of what 
not, and, and for me personally, you know, spending every day there and learning about how many different things, how many different exciting telescopes to landing on an asteroid to just everything, you know, and to go back to my computer, open the worldwide internet and have my friends that are very intelligent people being like, isn't that out of business? I was like, wow, there's something that's wrong here. So pause that story for a second. Also, after I graduated, I knew I wanted to go out to LA to pursue comedy and acting. So I was pursuing that. And I happened to meet someone in an airport, actually, where after I graduated, I graduated top of my class. And, um, you know, I graduated early. I should say that. And then I flew back to Massachusetts to do the whole you know, ceremony because my mom wanted the photo as <laughs> Then I flew back to LA, but while I was attending the graduation ceremony, um, I turned to the guy next to me who also graduated top of his class and he's like, yeah, I'm working at Google. And then the other person was like, I just got a job at, you know, an engineer at SurveyMonkey. And they were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm working at Buca de Beppo in Santa Monica. <laughs> what that is, it's a terrible chain restaurant that is like literally from a sitcom. It's awful. Um, and, and I was really confused as to what I was doing. I was like, did I make the wrong choice? So I was flying back from Massachusetts to L.A., stopped in Dallas and had a conversation actually with someone waiting for my my flight. And this person happened to be, his name is Jim Keyes, and he's the past CEO of Blockbuster and 7-Eleven. And he's very passionate about space. So we just got on the conversation about space. And we decided to work together. Actually, it was such a fate, a moment of fate. And um, what originally what we had decided was we wanted to put an Apollo astronaut back into space. So that's why it was called Back to Space. We were going to use a commercial space platform in Tucson, Arizona, ironically where I am from. And it was a weather balloon technology. And we had a bunch of Apollo astronauts, Charlie Duke, Al Warden, and um, Walt Cunningham, who attended the facility and had agreed to do this. Charlie didn't agree, but he was like, yeah, this is cool. I'll consider it. So, and we were going to make a documentary about that. And that's why it was called Back to Space. We had pitched that to the networks. Then commercial space being commercial space, which is why I know we're going to talk about soon the, the launch that took place um, this past weekend. However, uh, at that point, a lot of the networks were like, okay, commercial space has been promising us that they were going to take off for now five years. We don't believe that it's going to happen. And, you know, the Apollo guys are starting to get older. So one thing led to another where we had to pivot. But the mission of Back to Space throughout all of that was to inspire the next generation of space explorers. And a reason for that is in L.A., uh, full of actors, models, comedians, all the above writers, you know, and I would walk into a coffee shop and I did this once and I just went around and I was like, can you name three people who went to the moon? And about one person did it and most of them said Lance Armstrong and I was like oh my god <laughs> that's not right at all I mean you're 50% there um, I, so um, I noticed that that was a problem so throughout this process of trying to put an Apollo astronaut back into space and working on that we kind of grew to be a much bigger mission which was to use every sort of media platform in order to educate in a very fun and unique way which is for the overall goal to inspire the next generation of space explorers. And with that, I mean, I can go into the whole process of how we got the producers on board and all that stuff. But basically, once we had that mission, we really went out in the space community and kind of started talking about what we're trying to do. We have these student ambassadors who um, a bunch of 
kids from all over the country applied. We had like 400 submissions. It was really awesome. And um, these kids are, have a very close relationship. So basically what they do is they work very closely with us and we introduce them to the Apollo astronauts and they get an opportunity to talk to these American heroes. And um, we also partnered with Microsoft for something. So they were able to go and work at Microsoft. So, and everything we're doing is just opening doors for these student ambassadors with the ultimate goal of them going and talking to their friends about what we're doing, about what they've learned, because I firmly do believe that, you know, I was having a conversation with Charlie Duke and he was talking about how in some Texas school, there's only a paragraph on the lunar landing and no one really cares about it. They just breeze over it. And I do believe that you can try and teach kids a bunch of things and say, hey, learn this. There's going to be a test on it. Or you can have one of their peers very invested and excited about what they're doing. And that will lead them to talk about what's going on with their peers and kind of spread the word of, you know, teach their peers. I don't know if that was clear. I, I just kind of went on a huge tangent. But what I'm trying to say is the overall goal of Back to Space is to inspire the next generation of space explorers. Which is so great that you're using the, these students as ambassadors. Because what a better way to inspire your peers than, you know, hearing it from someone their own age where they still have, you know, that interest where it's not your parents, you know, or your teachers where you kind of have the Charlie Brown wah, 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 wah kind of a, a thing. But to get excited about it from someone your own age, I think that's super awesome. Yeah, it's definitely fun. Definitely eye-opening, too. And you have to hand it to kids these days because the student ambassadors that we work with, I mean, they have a tap. Schedule. They they've known what they wanted to do since they were two, basically. And I can't imagine being a child right now because they have their so many extracurricular activities. It's crazy. More power to them. So all these kids that we work with are incredibly intelligent, and I'm very proud of being associated with them. Not the other. I mean, I'm sure they do love to be a part of the Back to Space program, but they make us look good. And it's more women than men, which I find really fascinating. Um, that's really awesome. So that's great. How often do you, cause you had said you had gone about 400 applications. Do you do applications all the time or is there a certain point in the year where you take them in? We have group one student ambassadors and those are at the beginning when we had the student ambassador program idea. Microsoft actually helped us with that idea. We were able to get the word out and all these applicants applied. We selected them. And right now we're working very closely with them. We don't have a new application process quite yet because we're still trying to, every kid that applies, we want to make sure that we're giving them our all. And I don't think right now where we are, we can handle another group quite yet, but there will be another group soon. Awesome. And I think that's important too, that you know, you're wanting to make sure that you can fully help them because that's going to give them the biggest opportunity, really. So I think that's great. Yeah, and actually a couple of them went to college and there's this young woman and she is so <laughs> smart. She's at, I think she's at UT and she is just already interning at NASA. She published two books and she still makes time for the Back to Space program while in college. And I mean, this girl is just, her name is Katie and she's just such a legend. And I can, I'm just so excited to watch her and see where she's going to go. I mean, all the kids that are associated are just absolutely brilliant. And, yeah, it's just fun to watch their careers blossom. 
That's incredible, though. Two books in college is a big deal to have published for sure. And I know that actually she announced her second book publishing before she went to college. So that's I, crazy. And so I, I mean, this girl, and she's so, uh, yeah, I can go on and on about all the student investors. I love all of them. <laughs> but all in all, it's pretty exciting. And now what we're doing, which seems super random, but Back to Space, like I said, our mission is to inspire the next generation of space explorers. And the way that I personally believe that we will be successful is by engaging every sense. So we're actually building, we got an opportunity to build a lunar landscape experience, and that's um, in Jacksboro, Texas, where this thing is awesome. I can send you some photos of it. But it's basically like a um, experience that you go in, and it's a it's a huge model of the moon. And using VR and AR, you can walk through it. You learn about every single aspect of spaceflight that is going to go back to the moon. So as a audience member of, or a guest of this experience or museum, you can kind of walk through and get all the stages and learn about every stage of space exploration. And at the end, you suit up and you land on the moon yourself, which is really cool. That sounds like so much fun. We did something. Um, we had a VR experience for the Apollo 50th anniversary last summer at the Space Foundation in our museum. And they let me do one where you landed on the moon kind of like that. And somehow I didn't get back on the spaceship and I got left on the moon. Oh no. And it it was horrible. And it was, it's funny because I knew it was fake. You know, I knew it was virtual reality, but as I stood there and I watched it fly away and I saw earth in the distance, the emotion that I had was so overwhelming and it's, it was so impactful to just, yeah be alone on the moon. And I think that that's really important too, because, you know, I think that, like I said, and I've said this a couple of times throughout our our call, but you can really try and throw a book at a kid. They read this and it's just not going to work. But if you, if you really engage every sense, I think that that is a memory that is planted and stored in a much different way than if you just, you know, read something. So, I'm very excited about this opportunity to work with Jacksboro, the city of Jacksboro, and make this come to life because I really, I think that this goes exactly to the mission of Back to Space, and I'm beyond excited to see it come to life. It's interesting kind of talking about, you know, using all the senses and emotions. There's a what a video on your YouTube channel um, where you talk about emotionally inspiring people. And when I heard that, I was just like, Wow, that's a big, bold statement. How else do you feel like you're emotionally inspiring people? You know, how do you do that? Because like I said, that's not an easy task, I think, by any means. So I think where that phrase comes from is we had an event with our student ambassadors, Charlie Dugal, Warden, and Walt Cunningham went to this this uh, town in Texas, and they were doing an assembly. And all the student ambassadors would ask them questions. And then the the school that we were at had an opportunity to ask the Apollo astronauts some questions. And as I was, I was kind of the MC of it, just making sure everything's going according to plan, throwing the mic around. And I saw these students who came in and they were the typical, oh, I hate school. This is stupid. Why am I here? And I zoomed in on them and I was like, all right, this is who I'm going to focus on this entire time. 
because I mean, I think for me personally, it's I'm our, I'm okay with the kids who are already engaged in space. That's great. I mean, and I can encourage that all I want. But what I really want is the people who aren't interested in space. That's who I want to to tune into what we're doing. So Charlie Duke's talking. You can tell they're on their phones. They're talking to one another, and then. He starts talking about the reentry and the heat shield and all these different really engaging, you know, as someone who's never been to space or even when you do go to space, I'm sure it's those are pretty important events that take place. I mean, <laughs> heat shields is not something you deal with every day. So no. um, I'm looking at these students and they stop and they stop what they're doing and they're listening. You know, Charlie Duke's just talking about it and it's just so engaging and it's so it's like listening to a crazy Star Wars story or a <laughs> Lord of the Rings saga. And I really took that moment to heart. And that's always been stored away from me because it is an emotional thing. Going to space is, you know, as much as the engineers and scientists are like, no, it's, I don't have emotion. It's like, no, you do. <laughs> and, and that is something that I think really stuck with those kids. I don't know. I didn't ask them, but it seems so. Um, and it stuck with me because I think like I said, throughout the whole process of what we're doing, we're trying to engage every sense and we're trying to appeal to people who wouldn't normally be interested in space exploration. And I think any time that you can use comedy or you can kind of, especially for me personally, a lot of comedy, it, it makes it relatable. And I think that the space industry as a whole is very intimidating. You feel like you need 16 different degrees to understand any of it, but you don't, you can just tune into what I'm talking about, or there's many different YouTube channels that are way better than mine that, you know, chop it up into emotional and digestible bites. So I think also another aspect of this is that space exploration is just cool. And I think that a lot of the times people do a terrible job of explaining a really cool subject <laughs> in the most boring way. So that's something that, you know, we try as, as well. And I think that the Apollo astronauts, when they do talk, it is it is emotional thing, you know, mm -hmm. looking at the Earth from space and looking back, it, it transforms you into, you know, a lot of astronauts talk about how they don't understand the internal conflict we as humans have, because when you're out there looking back, we're all humans. That's all that matters. Mm -hmm. And that's a big movement a lot of people have when they come back. So. I think that if you can emotionally inspire, if you can appeal to all the senses, you're going to get a lot more positive responses, in my opinion. I would definitely agree with you on that one. So we kind of talked a little bit, and you've discussed in a little bit here that you know, you've done acting and you've done producing, and you've had several short films that you've written and actually produced yourself that have actually won awards at film festivals around the nation. Have any of these films been influenced by your love of space? It's interesting. So I'm working on one now. It's a feature that is space related. But I think more than anything, I think it's the work ethic about space exploration that I've kind of, and the work ethic that my dad and my grandfather showed me that really, it's not, they're not directly related to one another. But I think that the way I approach life is the same way that my father and my grandfather approach life, which is if you want something done, just go out and do it. 
And I think that that's why I started producing. I had no interest in producing to begin with at all. <laughs> but I was like, you know what? I just want to do this. So I'm just going to do it to the best of my ability. And I'm going to do it myself, to be honest. So I asked a ton of people to help me. And we all came together for a mission. And we we did it. And it was a really beautiful process. But I think, like I said, they're not directly related to one another. However, they all require a team. They require a vision. And they require hard work. So. I think that that more than anything is the parallel between the two. Definitely, because it's the same thing that you can't go to space alone, uh, which I think in the most recent years we're hearing more and more of, um, especially, you know, reflecting back on Apollo and, you know, that it's been 50 years and that there were so many people that went into it. But, you know, I know when you go to the movies, too, you know, how often do we watch the credits unless it, you know, there's a sneak peek scene at the end? And you see how many people are involved and it just, it blows my mind. And I think if we had something like that for space too, that would show, you know, every single person that was involved, it would probably be just as long, if not longer than a lot of movie credits that we see. Oh yeah. I mean, but that's what's so beautiful about space exploration. I think, you know, I had an interview the other day and they were asking me, what is something about space that excites you? And I said, yeah, it's it's about a team effort. I mean, Elon Musk could not have gone to space without NASA. And NASA mm-hmm. can't go to space right now without Elon, and that's kind of going to be the future of it. But with that, there's so many different departments. There's so many different people, and it's be- and it's beautiful. And it's, you know, something about uniting in a team. And, you know, I, don't, I think that that is so important, and a lot of people forget, yes, the Apollo astronauts did go to the moon, but the vehicle that transported them to the moon and at all every single tiny minute detail of the Apollo program the shuttle program everything was an entire team behind that so their success is everyone's success and I think that that's very similar to Hollywood I mean we don't you know we're not going to the well I don't know Tom Cruise said he was going to film a movie and at the (laughs) internet so you know that's the perfect blend of the two but yeah Definitely is. And you, know, you just brought up you know, Elon Musk and SpaceX. So we recently just saw American astronauts return to space from American soil. So that was historic because that's been a first in almost 10 years. And then it was the first time on a commercial crew vehicle. So how did that launch impact you? How did it feel to watch it? I, it was great. I mean, the name of my company is Back to Space. And, you know, I ended almost every video with a very cheesy line of, because it's time to go back to space. (laughs) You know, we did it. So that was really great. And, you know, something that I found, you know, the world right now is not united. You turn on the news and depending on the news channel, it just feels to me like there's a lot going wrong in the world. And I think that, you know, on the Saturday that they launched, the news was occupied with a lot of images of rioting and images of people responding to the rioting. And, you know, for those, for the launch, everything else stopped. I mean, according to the news. Um, But I think a lot of people, regardless of where they were in the world, did recognize and did come together and, and watch the SpaceX launch because that was really exciting. And it united us for 30 seconds, a minute, eight minutes, you know, it it doesn't matter because for that moment, I do feel like we all looked up 
for a little bit and then we went back along you know to what we were doing but i think that space has especially is very prevalent now it does unite us because we all want i mean most of us want to get into space somehow and to see the where space exploration will lead us and i think that that is a very uniting factor absolutely and it's funny because astronauts go to the space station you know, every six, nine months or so, you know, a few new ones head up there. And I can say I don't know of anyone who's ever watched. Well, that's not fully true because I know a lot of um, quote unquote space nerds, but you know, <laughs> Amer- average American citizens who ever watch the opening of, you know, the docking and the astronauts actually coming on board. And I just saw so many people on social media watching you know, these these astronauts actually come on board the space station. And, you know, I agree. It was just as nice to see that um, that moment of unity and of people being excited by, you know, what had happened and just kind of remembering that, you know, we do this all the time, but, you know, this one was a little extra special and it was just great to see people come together and, you know, get back into space and just have that unity. I know I thought that was really special to to see that even – the next day people were still excited and watching what was happening to those two. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's pretty interesting because it kind of parallels the Apollo 11 launch. There, there were protests in the streets everywhere when Apollo 11 launched. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's, it's important to remember that because I mean, after that we landed on the moon and we did something incredible. So I think the past is a good indicator of the future. And, you know, I think that this is a huge, huge leap for America. It's great. Absolutely. And, you know, where did you see human spaceflight in, you know, 25, 30 years? Personally, I would love to do a show in space. You know, I just personally would love, I would, you know what I would love? I would love, because I think that this is something that a lot of people, I mean, conspiracy theorists are brewing like crazy for some reason right now and think that the world is flat but you know I think a lot of people don't understand space and like I've Mm -hmm. said multiple times on this call it's so unobtainable but I think that if space becomes more accessible in the sense of it's not just millionaires going out there but you know these are things that's more integrated with our society and our in our day-to-day life that I think a lot of people would be more excited by it. And I would really like to get back to the moon. I would really like to go to Mars because I feel like with space exploration in general, you learn more about Earth. So I would like to see that. I would like to see space more accessible and and excite more people. And so from what you just said, it sounds like I heard you would be interested in actually going to space yourself. Absolutely. You know, actually, I had this really weird dream about three years ago, and I will never forget it. And I asked, was like, hey, you're going to go to Mars. And I was like, oh, my God, it's so exciting. And they were like, but you can't see your family. You know, this is a one one ticket trip. You're going one. <laughs> and they were like, would you do it? And I said, I thought about it. And I said, no, I don't think I would. I love my, my family too much, my, my friends. But if we're talking about going to space, or, you know, or to the moon, or even Mars, and then coming back, hell yeah, I'm in. I'm 100% in. That's awesome. Well, hopefully we will see you, you know, in the next 25, 30 years, actually having that chance and take it that one step further, doing a show in space or doing a show on the moon or on Mars. Yeah, we, so we will. 
we should do the office, but in space, where the office is. (laughs) The office is just a space capsule. That sounds absolutely. So we will keep our fingers crossed for you um, that that happens, and shoot, even the next twenty years, maybe even sooner. You know, who knows? Maybe next year. Let's aim high. (laughs) There you go. Hey, that's like that's how we started. You know, you were saying that. There's no bar that's ever too high, so set it and work for it. Yeah, I'm just going to start building rockets in my backyard. (laughs) Can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about the Back to Space program and how they can get involved with you? Yeah, the YouTube channel is where we're most active. It's it's youtube.com slash back to space. If you just look up back to space, we do weekly videos about a plethora of topics, but they're, they're mostly fun and engaging, and also backtospace.com, which lays out pretty much everything that we're doing, everything that we've done, and um, some of the exciting opportunities, like the television show that we're working on, which with some amazing producers. So working on all of that, and you can check that out at backtospace.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Danielle. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I had a blast. Thanks so much. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, that will conclude this episode of the Space Foundation's Space for You podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And, of course, visit our website, www.spacefoundation.org, where you can also learn about the various ways you can support the Space Foundation. On all of these outlets and more, it is our goal to inspire, educate, connect, and advocate for the space community. Because of the Space Foundation, we will always have space for you. Thank you for listening.